Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast What If series where we took a look at the NFL history and how things could have been different if certain events maybe had a different alternative ending here. Maybe the NFL multiverse coming into effect. Now, the year was 2007. LaDainian Tomlinson was the Associated Press's MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year. Vince Young, he was the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and the Indianapolis Colts were Super Bowl champions. In that 2007 season, Drew Brees was the league-leading passer there. LaDainian Tomlinson, he led the league in rushing, and Chad Johnson was the receiving champion. However, the then Oakland Raiders, they were on the clock with the first overall pick in the 2007 draft after going 2-14 and 14 during the 2006-2007 season, a season in which they scored a league-low 168 points while surrendering 332. That was a points differential of 164. Not a good season for Art Shell. Then again, the combination of Aaron Brooks and Andrew Walter doesn't exactly set up a team for success. This was a Raiders team that featured Randy Moss, who was targeted on 96 occasions, but holding just 42 passes for 553 yards and three scores. In fact, Moss wasn't even the top target on this Raiders team. Believe it or not, that distinction actually belonged to Ronald Curry, who caught 62 passes for 727 yards. The combination of Brooks and Walter combined for just 2,782 yards and six touchdowns. They threw 21 interceptions. The run game, it wasn't much help either. As Justin Fargus there led the team with 659 yards, while Lamont Jordan was right behind him with 434. Now, luckily for the Raiders, the 2007 draft had some top-end talent there. This was a draft that featured the likes of Jamarcus Russell, Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Daryl Rivas, Jamal Anderson, Patrick Wills, Marshawn Lynch, who happened to just be from the Oakland area, Joe Staley. These players were all selected in the first round. It was pretty hard to screw up your pick in the first round. But the Raiders, they're going to Raider. Clearly, when we're looking at this Raiders team, they had needs throughout their roster. It was really hard to mess this pick up. And yet, here we are. The 2007 quarterback class wasn't exactly about that life. Jamarcus Russell and Brady Quinn were each selected in the first round, followed by Kevin Kolb, John Beck, Drew Stanton there in the second. And trust me, it doesn't get any better after that. With Walter and Brooks under center and failing, the Raiders, they felt they needed to add a big-arm quarterback to help get them to the promised land. Maybe even one that could throw 50-yard bombs on the seat of his pants. Look, Russell, he fooled everybody. During his pro day and his combine, he was an impressive specimen. A quarterback his size, with his mobility, around a move like that, you simply do not see that. We simply haven't really seen it since then. During Russell's 2006 season at LSU, he would end up throwing for 3,129 yards, averaged 9.1 yards per attempt, complete 67.7% of his passes, and finish with 28 touchdown passes to only 8 interceptions. From Mel Kuyper to Todd McShay, scouts fell in love with the legend that was Jamarcus Russell. Big arm quarterback, mobile quarterback, Ball exploding out of the future number one quarterback's hands. Think Mel Kuyper compared the skill level, the skill level to that of John Elway, which was some high praise coming from even Mel Kuyper here. ESPN's Merle Hodge, he went on to say, if you had to choose a quarterback, who would you pick? Jamarcus Russell or Brady Quinn? Both have their strengths. Both have glaring weaknesses. It goes down to which guy is more coachable. I might take Quinn for that reason. But on a pure skill with a ton of work to do, it would be Jamarcus Russell. If you put a gun to my head, I would pick Russell. 
but that comes with a lot of risk. Mike Mayock would add to that from a physical skill set perspective. I've never seen a college quarterback with more ability than Russell. You put on the tape and it is frightening. The only thing that's going to keep Russell from being great is him. What it comes down to is you've got to figure out whether or not this kid is the best quarterback in football. If he wants to be the best quarterback in football, he can be. Basically, he was the Minnesota Vikings version of Dante Culpepper. So where did it all go wrong? How come we look at Russell as one of the greatest NFL draft busts of all time? Well, I think we can look at a couple different things. One, he simply wasn't ready. He played four games in 2007 season there, and he started one after Josh McCown and Dante Culpepper were unable to restore the Raiders to their past glory. When Russell took over as starter, his passing weapons were Zach Miller, who had 778 yards, uh, Johnny Lee Higgins, who had 366 yards, Darren McFadden, who had 285, and some dude named Chaz Shillins, who had 226 yards. And yes, I remember this very, very well. Now, success, it was never an option for Russell in this timeline. Perhaps he would have been better suited off being drafted by the Browns, who at the time actually had two 1,000-yard receivers in Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow. So if the Raiders don't draft Jamarcus Russell, who do they draft? Well, I'm going to go with Kelvin Johnson here. Sorry, Lions fans, but don't feel too bad. You end up getting prime Adrian Peterson as a consolation prize in this timeline. We knew we wanted Kelvin Johnson at number two, said Tom Lewin, who was the president of the Detroit Lions at the time. We didn't know who the Oakland Raiders owner, Al Davis, was going to take at number one. We hoped he was going to take Jamarcus Russell, but we didn't know. When we had Jamarcus Russell in for a pre-draft visit, it was one of the worst interviews, bar none, I have ever sat in. He was looking at his watch the whole time, completely disinterested. He didn't want to be there, and we actually kicked him out of the building. Our GM at the time, Matt Millen, again, a former Raider, actually picked up the phone and called L. Davis to tell him about him. Don't draft this guy. Literally, Matt Millen told L. Davis, don't draft Jamarcus Russell. He is going to kill your franchise. I looked at him and said, hey, what are you doing? You're asking him to take Calvin. If the Raiders had taken Calvin Johnson, the brass there in Detroit, they were actually split. One group wanted Adrian Peterson, while the other group wanted a pass rusher there, specifically Gaines Adams. That was one of the few times we had any kind of uncertainty like that. And that's, again, coming from the former president of the Detroit Lions. Before the Jamarcus Russell pick, the Raiders' bad luck was apparent. In 2004, the Raiders selected Robert Gallery. The next pick in that draft, Larry Fitzgerald. Then in 2005, Aaron Rodgers was selected immediately after the Raiders selected Fabian Washington. Even in 2006, they had Dante Whitner sitting there right after they had submitted their card for Michael Huff. Could you imagine this team right now? A Raiders team led by Aaron Rodgers, Larry Fitzgerald, and Calvin Johnson? Oh, man, that is like Madden franchise mode right there. As we all know, the Raiders, they selected Russell, and the Lions, they selected the six foot five, 237-pound, two-time All-American receiver out of Georgia Tech who had already won a Blitnikoff Award. Now, if you're winning a Blitnikoff Award and you're sitting there for the Raiders, that should be a sign right there that you need to reevaluate your draft process. Johnson would end up with 1,000-yard seasons at first in 2008 and then from 2010 to 2015, missing out on 2009's campaign there with only 984 despite playing in just 14 contests. Johnson would end up with 731 career receptions, 11,619 receiving yards, was named to the Pro Bowl from 2011 to 2016 and earning all pro nods on three separate occasions. 
in just Johnson's second season, he would haul in 78 passes for 1,331 yards and 12 touchdowns. With that production coming despite the quarterback play that was under center in Detroit, we're talking about Dan Orlovsky here, Dante Culpepper, and John Kitna. Now, what if the Raiders drafted Calvin Johnson and paired him opposite of Randy Moss in that 2007 season? Now, the 2007 version of Randy Moss, he took his ball and he went to New England where he caught, oh, I don't know, 98 passes from Tom Brady for 1,493 yards and 23 touchdowns. You know what? Let's save that what if scenario for another show another time. Now, rookie Megatron was third in receiving his rookie season behind Sean McDonald's 943 yards and Roy Williams, who had 938 on this Detroit Lions team. However, Johnson, he himself had 756 receiving yards, and that would have been the most on a Raiders team that was featuring Ronald Curry, who had 717, and Jerry Porter there, who had 705. So if the Raiders don't draft Jamarcus Russell, they still need a quarterback. And the 2007 quarterback free agent market it wasn't the greatest. Sure, they could have signed Tony Romo here, but that wouldn't be much fun. Or possibly even Matt Schwab, but we know how that story turns out. Now, the Raiders, they've historically had success bringing in veteran quarterbacks, whether it's Joe Blanda or Rich Gannon. In this case here, we are going to sign Jeff Garcia, who was coming off a pretty good season himself. Johnson has proven he doesn't need a great quarterback. He doesn't even need a good quarterback in order to produce. And that is the case here. In 2007, this version of Calvin Johnson here with the Raiders, he would go on to record 1,000 yards as a rookie. And then in 2008, much like he did in Detroit, he's going to level up and take the next jump. So perhaps the Garcia-Megatron combination is going to be something special moving on. Eh, perhaps not. Let's say that the Raiders would struggle in that 2007 season as they did in the original timeline. It's not going to change all that much here, but they do. They do flirt with a 500 record which pushes them down the draft board a little bit and out of the Darren McFadden sweepstakes. So there was a real need to add a running back to pair with Garcia and Johnson. There also happened to be a back out of Tulane that would be there in the second round in Matt Forte, who they would end up selecting after grabbing Aqib Tlaib with their first round selection. Now I'm guessing because this timeline is shaping up like this, Michael Crabtree probably never becomes a Raider. Come the 2009 season, the Raiders, they made a return to the playoffs after finishing 9-7. and And yes, the Texans, Steelers, Ravens, Jets, they all finished 9-7. and But I'm not going to go through all the tiebreakers here because there's a lot. But the Raiders, they end up getting in and they end up facing the Cincinnati Bengals in that AFC wildcard round. Now, Garcia, he continues to play above average, but he is an aging asset. And the Raiders know at some point they are going to need to replace him. But the 2009 class offers very little, so they end up selecting Michael Orr. Now, in 2010, the Raiders are coming off a playoff victory in this what-if multiverse. In the original timeline, the Raiders, they were closer to finishing around 8-8. Eight and eight. But in 2010 draft, they ended up selecting Rolando McClain in the real-life timeline, 8th overall, as they identified the defense was something that they need to address. Here, we know that they need to find a replacement for their 40-year-old quarterback, and they draft Andy Dalton. Now, Garcia and Calvin Johnson, they get to ride together one last time, and the Raiders were going to 10 wins and take the division title away from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, because I can, and I will, I will match Fabian Johnson, remember him, against Calvin Johnson in an AFC wildcard matchup. Instead of the Baltimore Ravens easily dispatching other Chiefs, Johnson puts up 256 receiving yards, and the Raiders, they punch their ticket to New England to face the New England Patriots in the divisional round. Now, I will leave the rest up to your imagination here, but if a Mark Sanchez-led Jets team could beat the Patriots in Foxborough, I'm just saying...
At the end of the day, the Raiders right or wrong, they rid themselves of that yeah and but that has become part of their draft history. A history which has not been very good prior or even after the 2007 draft. Kelvin Johnson, he still becomes a Hall of Famer. The Raiders, they return to glory. And we know that we have Calvin Johnson's blessing in this scenario because even in 2017, Johnson flirted with the idea of wearing silver and black after retiring from the National Football League.